Hey everyone, welcome back to Class 1A, a popped off My Hero Academia podcast. As always, I am one of your homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgren, but you may know me as the big business hero advert. And alongside me today, I have a very special guest, Ian from OK Beast. I'm not even going to try to introduce him. This man does so much. He is, I am so excited to have him on. I've been a fan of him for a while. So, Ian, why don't you introduce yourself and where they can find you, what you do, and just kind of what you're into for anime. Dang, I, I wasn't ready to get that introduction. Okay. And also, wait, you're the advert hero? I like that. I like that. Yeah, so all three of us on the show, there's three of us hosts normally. We have advert, mm. fanfic, and apothecary. Um, or the Ooh, three hero names. We came those, up with those early on. Those are tight as hell, dude. Those are great. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's fun. We just kind of do that. So maybe at the maybe as we go on, I'll try to work up a hero name for you. So if you oh, come back damn. on, we'll okay. have that introduction to kick off with. Dude, before we even do the intro for me, the, the problem with My Hero Academia in terms of like creating an OC is that um, the creator of My Hero Academia, like essentially My Hero is his OC factory. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like... Between the main manga, anime, movies, and then also the spin-off manga, um, Vigilantes, like, my OC is already there. Like, Knuckle Duster or whatever his name is. Like, that's uh, just, like... He's the, the best. That old man is just... We, we, we started Vigilantes. We're, like, ten chapters into actually, like, kind of going through it on the podcast. Yeah. And we've just fallen in love with it. It's such a good spin-off series. Dude, so much better than we thought. Yeah. Um, I was listening. Actually, I think on our last podcast we had another Ian on by Happenstance, hey. um, and he said that how they came up with a lot of the OCs is that they just he just looked at things in the world and then thought of like, oh, it's like an aha moment. That's going to be a character. And like Grant Torino came to be because he looked at a shower and he said, mm-hmm. hey, someone should do that from their feet instead, like shoot out air of their feet, and that's how he came up with Grant Torino. Mm. So I'm assuming with Gang Orca, he just literally looked at a whale and it's like, I'm going to turn that into a character. Like, it's just so... It's so so cool, too. It's so cool, too, because, like, it's... The reason why Horikoshi is so good at what he does is it's the execution, right? It's kind of like what you said. Conceptually, like, you could look around all around your room and think, like, okay, well, this is now... Okay, well, I have a D20 on my desk right now. Like, all right, my my, uh, superhero name is, like is like i don't know roller or something like that and like every time i do any sort of like physical activity i can roll like an object and if it rolls either heads or tails or or like or yeah like mr lucky or something like that could be like my name or something and i could roll a d20 or roll um or flip a coin and then if it's it lands the way that i land it then i can get like a boost of luck or something like that like luck manipulation kind of like um what's her name there's a uh, domino from the from the x-men yep, universe yep, yep, yep. um which actually wouldn't be that bad for me that's I, actually that actually sounds kind of cool yeah mr lucky isn't that bad that sounds like a villain though like it sounds like some sort of two-faced situation like oh you have to go talk to mr lucky um but anyway uh rewinding all the way back uh to who i am i guess my name is ian preschel um five years ago uh, started this thing called OK Beast. It's a podcast. It's a website. It's video series online. Um, it's slowly morphed into what it is now. Um, uh, we used to have, if you followed the kind of funny community, we used to have Blessing Junior on the show. He has graduated and is now like thriving over there at Kind of Funny. Uh, those of us who are still at OK Beast, we are, you know, it's me, Alex Van Aken, and then Brandon Wilson. Um, we record a podcast every week, and then we do tons of other stuff on the side. One of the things that I do on the side is a podcast called A Plus Anime. Uh, started that back when I was living in Japan, and I was an English teacher, um, and kind of wanted just a you know use the theme of like teaching and like you know bringing people into the anime community as a teacher would. You know, not talking down to people, kind of 
helping people learn more about this medium that so many of us cherish, uh, but some people kind of dismiss. And that was kind of the idea behind A Plus Anime. Um, and then now that started, I don't even know how many years ago at this point, like probably around like three years ago or something. Um, but that kind of slowly morphed into what that is now, which is, you know, three separate series within the A Plus Anime sort of flagship name. And that's, we have the A Plus Anime Writers Room, which is where me and then a guest sit down and we talk about, you know, what we would want from a story. So we essentially... You know, in the show notes of the podcast, we say we put our money where our mouths are, right? Like we talk shit about, you know, this anime is bad or, or I'm sorry, I cussed my bad. Uh, so we no, say, you go, no, cussing is fine on the show. Okay, cool. I'm from New Jersey. So it's kind of, it just came out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's this thing where, you know, we talked for so many years about like, oh, this anime is good. This anime is bad. This works. This doesn't. But you know, when you're a critic or when you kind of talk about what works in the anime industry or like in any industry honestly you know you kind of get jaded so we wanted to create that show with the idea of okay let's see if we can do it right in an hour write a script that makes sense that you know that we would want to watch essentially um so that's where writer's room comes from we have another series called piece by piece which is uh, a breakdown of uh cool things from the anime and manga series one piece uh, i've had guests in the past like you know roger's base and stuff like that people who are like these big people in the community. Um, and I'm very you know, fortunate for those people to come onto that. Um, and then we also have just the, the main line show, uh, which we changed that name to uh, Feast or Filler. And we kind of figure out like, you know, whatever anime we're talking about that week, uh, we figure out if it's, you know, Feast for the Eyes or some filler in disguise. So, you know, that's kind of who I am. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash Ian Why Not. I also do Twitch streams, you're into that. Um, and then you can follow A Plus Anime at twitter.com slash A-P-L-U-S-A-N-I-M-E. That's that's where you can find And then uh, OK Beast is obviously OK Beast now on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, and you just tell your podcaster because you know all those links off the top of your head. You're able to uh, list those off just in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. That's that's my superhero name is, is Podcast Man. I can just link any <laughs> Twitter link immediately. Oh, that's great. And yeah, and for example, like the, their last episode of Feast or Filler, they just literally dove into Naruto and talked about it for four hours. Oh, yeah. I listened yeah. to every single minute of it. So, oh, God. Yeah, it's it definitely been one of the podcasts I've listened to and look forward to every episode coming out for a while. So Dude, I thanks, definitely man. recommend checking thanks, um, that out. But yeah, I mean, the piece by piece and you talking about Naruto and all that kind of comes to where um, today's kind of topic or just kind of conversation I want to have. It's not even a topic as much. Mm. Of just kind of talking through other shonen, comparing it to my hero. Mm. And the biggest thing that I've noticed, I'm watching through Naruto for the first time. I've watched through Bleach. Um, I've never really seen, I've actually never seen Dragon Ball. I've never seen One Piece. I'm Wait, really? Oblivious. You've never seen I'm, Dragon Ball? So I'm only like, I've only been watching anime for about two years now. So oh. I started like in college. I'm very, very new to anime. Okay. Um, I started an esports podcast. Oh, nice! Um, about all with the two people, uh, two other co-hosts that do this show with me, and they're mm. both big anime, so they kind of converted me here. So <laughs> I've been slowly trying to catch up, and that's why I'm watching Naruto for the first time right now. Interesting. Okay, wait. So, and do you mind if I ask how old are you? I'm 23. Okay, okay, because I'm 29. So, like, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were, like, the era when I was kind of coming up in, like, you know, my middle school era. So when I hear people saying that they didn't watch Dragon Ball. I always like to pair that with the caveat of like, oh, wait, what? when were you in middle school, essentially? Um, because that's where a lot of kids back in the 90s would get like, you know, the anime or shonen stuff that was coming out back then, you know? Yeah, and I also was grown up in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest of Wisconsin. Oh, so, um, okay. not the most cultured place. So, not a lot of anime <laughs> acceptance there. So, that Iron was probably some ironic, part to do with it. Ironic that um, Wisconsin, huge butter place, not cultured. 
Nope. Not, not, not cultured go. at all. Butter, um, jo- butter jokes, people. But going um, back into it, something that I've noticed, like, watching throughout Demon Slayer is another show that I'm really passionate about. And oh, yeah. a lot of these new ones, a lot of the new shonen have no filler. I mean, I think mm. my heroes had, like, two episodes through the entire one. The mm. first season of Demon Slayer had none. But mm. with Naruto and One Piece, and I know it's the same with Dragon Ball. Um, actually, I don't know about One Piece, but I know it's with Dragon Ball. I know it's with uh, Bleach. Mm. Is There's hundreds of episodes of fill you just need to go through. And mm. are you a filler guy? Like, when you watch through Naruto or when you watch through the first time, you watch every single episode. You loved every single episode. Or going back, do you mm. skip the filler now? How do you feel about that? Um, so that's a tough. that's a tough one because I guess my... To kind of circle back to like my history with anime or whatever and, and manga, um, I actually never watched a single episode of Naruto. I only read it. Um, really? Yeah. So the weird thing about me and my journey, I guess, we talked before about like being born in the 90s or whatever. Like to me, anime and manga were completely separate until probably, I don't know, like until maybe college-ish or whatever. Um, okay. And like I was, I had series that I was like reading like every single week up until you know, the end of college, like speaking of Naruto, like I picked up my first volume as a gift uh, from a friend of mine, you know, back in the day I had like bright blonde hair, like when I was in middle school and stuff. (laughs) And like, I was a little bit of a rambunctious teen. So they were like, Oh, this is perfect for you. This is, this has you on the cover. And that's kind of how I got started with Naruto. But I only saw Naruto as something that I would read for some, I don't know why it was that, but in my head, I could only read it. It only made sense for me to read it. Um, so I was like reading like fan scanlations or whatever you want to call them, uh, for years until Naruto ended. Um, but in terms of filler, like the Naruto manga doesn't really have any filler. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I guess the reason why I never saw, I like, I never saw the movies. I never saw any of that sort of stuff. Cause I cared about the, you know, the thematic through line, the story through line of the show or of the property we'll say. Um, so my opinion on filler is that it's largely a tool for you know production studios to catch up you know um and and you'll notice this i guess as you get deeper into the anime community is that um the anime as it is now is not what it was 10 years ago or even or 20 years ago we'll say uh because you know back in like do you know about full metal alchemist for example oh yeah i've watched both those those are actually the first two animes i ever watched oh hell yeah Full metal alchemist then brotherhood Back to back. That was nice. quite a journey. Nice. So uh, there's a whole thing about uh, that anime in particular that is the poster child for the issue with filler. Um, yep. So for those that don't know, Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood are actually based off the same manga, right? Full Metal Alchemist. Um, but what happened was the original series, uh, the anime was producing episodes faster than the manga was being written. So about halfway through, or about half or like 70% of the way through, uh, the story completely diverts and changes. Because again, the people making the anime had to, you know, fulfill an episode count. They had to finish the series, but they didn't know what to do. So they kind of made their own story up and it kind of branched off into its own thing. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood takes all of the source material material and kind of finishes it as it's supposed to. Um, And that's kind of the prime example of why filler exists is that the source material that the anime is pulling from is either, you know, taking a hiatus or a break, or it's not finished yet. Or, you know, the, the anime studios want the, the seasons to come out quicker than the manga is being produced or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big thing or it was a big thing back in the day. Now the way that we consume media is completely different. So people are less likely to sit through a billion episodes of filler because guess what, you know, 
every season of anime, 10 solid anime come out and you'll just watch that instead. You know, yeah, um, people's attention true. spans are much, are much uh, lower than they used to be. And on top of that, uh, we were talking about Naruto, Bleach and all that sort of stuff. Those back, back when I was a kid, we called them the big three, right? And it depends upon who you ask what the big three are. Back when I was growing up, it was Naruto, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, and Bleach, at least where I grew yep. up. Right. That's what that's what I could would consider them too. Yeah, but obviously Bleach. I mean, if we look at sales, One Piece is that big three. But again, in North America, One Piece for whatever reason back in the day wasn't really shining the way that it is now. Uh, that's a whole other conversation though. Um, but the thing about the big three is that they could get away with having so many episodes of filler because they were the biggest sort of properties in town, right? Like that's they could just do that, right? They could get away with just producing episodes that weren't um, essential to the narrative because you know they had free reign on what they were going to produce the market changes and now here we are is that fillers are not necessary and they're not going to happen as much because people can just change the channel you know yeah and i guess where i was kind of going with this and it makes it harder because you're not going through naruto but even you've mentioned a little bit about vigilantes and mm. i found that i care about the i've watched every single episode of naruto i haven't skipped any of the filler i, I may regret that it would have probably <laughs> sped up this whole process a little bit yeah but um it's made me care about the characters a lot more and get a lot more screen time with them and just develop the world, even though a lot of it's not canon and makes it feel like the world's so much more flushed out. Mm. And I almost feel like in current Shonen, you miss out on some of that world-building aspects that Filler did bring as annoying as it can be. Yeah. And when I started read, reading Vigilantes, it's all world-building. It's fantastic. It's all about um, kind of the actual legal behind heroes, how... Heroes first reformed. That actually happened in New Jersey. Ooh, um, hell yeah. And it's Shout just, out. I feel like the missing of filler isn't necessarily a bad thing because there's so many episodes I wanted to skip watching Naruto. But the aspect of not having the additional world building that uh, filler and spinoff series like mm. Vigilantes, mm. I feel like can sometimes subtract or not give you the full experience that... I feel like someone that watches everything can have a different experience or know all the backstories and read all the interviews um, for like a show like My Hero. You just experience things differently, if that kind of makes sense. No, I mean, 100%. And I think that it comes down to like the vernacular, really, and the way that we talk about series and pacing and stuff like that. that that's really the the key to understanding the difference between filler and, you know, world building, right? So uh, everyone knows if you ever watch any anime, you know, you know about the beach episode, right? And that's typically yeah. where like the characters kind of take a respite from the current conflict or, or whatever, or like, you know, one conflict ends and then they go to the beach to kind of relax or whatever. Um, you know, most people don't call that filler. They call it, it's something completely separate, right? And there's a reason for that. Um, and the reason is, is that there's a difference between, you know, main plot and B plot and filler, yeah. right? Okay. N Naruto, Naruto going to, um, let's say, I don't know, going to a non-canon location and helping out, like the movies, for example, Naruto going to a non-canon location and helping a non-canon group of people get through their problem, then leaving that non-canon location unchanged, right? That's filler, right? The, something that doesn't affect the story at large and is its own side story, that is filler, right? But the beach episode, or like Naruto, if we're referencing that as the main sort of source, you know, Naruto going to Ichiraku Ramen and talking to the ramen shop owner and talking about you know, an emotional conflict or like, you know, man, I really want, I wish Sasuke was here to eat ramen with me, right? That's not main story relevant, but it's B plot that is essential to our understanding of the characters and their development in the world that they exist in, right? And, and that's kind of my take on filler versus like 
the B plot, right? The B plot okay. in, in some shows is more important than the main arc of the show. And, you know, if you listen to uh, the pod, the four hour, I have no idea how it got to that long podcast that it was Bryce, <laughs> right? We talk about, you know, a fight is only as good as the reason why the two characters are fighting, right? Absolutely. Naruto and Sasuke screaming each other's names at each other in pre-Shippuden works because you understand the conflict between these two kids, right? And like you understand, you know, they came from very different walks of life. They have very different personalities and they have very different sort of views of the world. Naruto and Sasuke fighting in Shippuden after the fact makes less sense because the characters are supposed to have been changed in the B plot, right? But we don't see that, right? The A plot is stagnant. The B plot is supposed to change the characters overall, right? And that disconnect between the A and B plot is what causes you know, an anime to become, you know, soured, I guess we'll say. No, yeah, that yeah, that's such a good explanation that, yeah, that I'm looping in two things that are really very different, that the Vigilantes, first off, is a spinoff series, yeah. or it can be considered B-plot, world building, whatever you want yeah. to call it, with yeah. actual filler where nothing matters. So that, again, that's being new to anime and just trying to talk through it because obviously just listening to you talk about it, just kind of going back and forth, is you're just... A lot more knowledgeable about it so it's kind of good to kind of <laughs> have some of those things fixed for me because i don't want to be oh, i no, probably dude. called so many yeah. episodes filler when it just meant b plot yeah no one's called me out of it yet oh so no dude you're good I I, that. yeah and i don't want to say it as a way to like um to say that you're wrong like and that's the thing no no i'm not thinking of that way either okay good thank god yeah but like again the discussion of that is is um it's a nuanced conversation right because in a lot of in a lot of ways right we as the viewers or the readers or whatever you want to call us, the fans of the shows, we don't really know what's filler until the very end of the show until it concludes, right? So, you know, let, you're watching Naruto right now. And let's say there's an episode where, you know, Naruto, uh, like, isn't even in it, we'll say. Like, I, I can't remember, like, a specific episode or something. But let's say it's, like, an episode where Sakura is being trained by somebody, right? And yep. in the moment, you might be like, this is completely irrelevant. Like, why does this matter to the main plot of Naruto? Well, guess what? The end of the series, Sakura does something... And then that's very relevant to them winning a big confrontation, right? You yeah. wouldn't know the difference in the moment, but you know it looking backwards, right? And that's kind of the the weird, you know, sort of interplay between fans where we discuss like, oh man, this episode was totally filler. Nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. Cut to the end of that arc. And you're like, oh my fucking God, them at the ice cream <laughs> shop was the most important plan all along, right? Like, and that's, that's the hard part with this medium is that this medium specifically loves to do flashbacks and like you know minor elements giving the hero the the insight they need to overcome this big battle right like that's more so than in any other media medium it's like totally that's like a trope in anime that is totally there yeah and that's um that's something i've picked up on very quickly but that's also a really good transition into my next one is just talking about shonen tropes that appear very heavily not heavily in my hero but are common and how someone that's watched or read anime their entire life mm. kind of perceives these. So the couple I think of is obviously the whiny kid with no power saying he's <laughs> going to be the best ever with no power and yeah. ends up getting the power and Naruto or Blum, even um, in Bleach, he didn't have a power to begin with. He gets it yeah. um, each go and going up. I think that one, the tournament arc that's in so many anime. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, so, so you, all so, those kind of ones. So yeah, so I, I, when you said tournament, like light, lit up something in my brain. So do you know what shonen, uh, like the translation in Japanese means? No. It's so, like boys anime or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's shonen and shoujo. Shoujo is like usually girls anime and then shonen is, is for boys, right? It means young boys, essentially. 
But shonen and other rough translation that some people use is uh, it's called a tournament anime. Because back in like the 90s, 80s, 70s, whatever, when, you know, the anime industry and the manga industry was kind of developing, you know, the majority of these sort of manga were all about like, oh, there was a fight and then now there's a tournament or like there's a big like conflict between these two things. And those were mainly inspired uh, in a lot of ways by like old Chinese movies or like old like Japanese like sort of movies, right? Like you think back to like Jet Li and Bruce Lee movies where like they're fighting in a big pit or like a big square sort of... um, what is it like courtyard that is so similar to the courtyard stuff that you see in like old dragon ball episodes or whatever yeah oh um, yeah oh, that's one of the few things i do know about dragon balls i know there's eight some kind of tournament or fighting um it's in the big metal uh not metal like uh stone square and they do in my hero as well for the school festival arc like yep. it's just one of the few things i do know is reoccurring so when i do notice something that's recurring it's always interesting to me and you always go, you can go to Reddit, you can go to Reddit and read a lot of things, but mm. <laughs> people are always saying like, oh, this is a ripoff of that, this is a ripoff of that, and do you yeah. feel newer shown, and I mean, it, I mean a tournament arc, sure, it's nothing unique, but it still creates really cool moments, mm. And but do you feel like going back and taking these similar tropes and putting them into a newer shonen takes away from it, because you've already seen it ten times with different characters, or um, just that shonen so good nowadays, yeah. it's so different, really? Um... That's a good question. I think for me personally, right, as someone who is a a creator, a writer and stuff like that, I think that tropes are, they're essential, right? I think that tropes are just essential to any medium, right? And what we say as tropes, right, tropes are usually associated kind of like the filler conversation we just had, you know, tropes are usually associated with like a negative connotation, right? You're like, oh man, this, it's so tropey. It's so, you know, derivative or whatever. But in reality, like tropes are how we identify different types of media, right? Um, you know, as an, as annoying as it is to see a tournament arc in every shonen, right? Like that's kind of what the genre was built up on, right? Is, you know, yeah. same thing with like uh, superheroes, right? Like superheroes and, and these, uh, shonen manga, like they're built on the same sort of platforms in a lot of ways, right? Like, uh, you have the super villains, right? In, in the American media, right? And then you have like these arch villains, we'll say, or the antagonists in, in shonen media, right? Like you could compare and contrast them all day long because they're all built on tropes, right? Um, and that's true for any and all types of things, books, movies, TV, it's all there, right? There's a reason why there's like uh, that website that compiles all the different tropes and, and classifications for things. I forget what it's called, but like it, it, if you want to have your eyes open, go on to like search up trope, dot com or trope like movie tropes.com or something like that and it's like all there every single piece of media that we consume uh is not original right it's it's not right one of my favorite pieces of media of all time um favorite movie is the matrix right but the matrix is derivative of something else right and it's actually derivative yeah. off of an anime it's based a lot um the wachowski sisters said that they was based off of ghost in the shell right so does that take away from the matrix absolutely not right the, it, in fact it only it only um, allows you as the viewer to appreciate it more, right? Because everything comes from something, right? And, and if you yeah. understand- It goes back it to that from. original idea of that. There is no original ideas anymore. That yeah. everything's derived from something. That's kind of what the, the TV trope list or what the movie trope list is. That, yeah, everything comes from yeah. something going back hundreds and hundreds of years. And yeah, I think that's yeah. actually a really good point. 100%. And, but to kind of, I went like super macro on that idea first. Let me go back down to the micro, like the I, the actual question you're asking. Um, the the tournament arc. Whenever I see, especially in like in My Hero, we'll say in the newer stuff, right? Um, My Hero, I think the beauty of My Hero and the beauty of almost every new shonen that comes out, right, is that to me, 
it feels like when you were a kid, right? And you, like, let's say Christmas or Hanukkah or, you know, Ramadan or any holiday comes out and you get some presents, right? And you get all new action figures, right? The first thing you do as a kid is you take them out of the box and you start like messing around with them. And like, oh man, like, you know, Randy Savage is fighting with, you know, I don't know, the Undertaker. If we're talking about like wrestling stuff or whatever. Yeah. You know, if we or oh, I have Superman fighting against Captain America. That would never happen in the comics. But look, I'm doing it now. And you start like, you know, uh, imagining like what would happen in this sort of fake fight, right? I think that the tournament arc in a lot of ways or like major um, combative arcs in, in any anime, right, is, you know, the creators using all of the tools that they've sort of acquired over the, the seasons or whatever and kind of just taking the toys and bashing them together. You know what I mean? Like uh, we were talking before the podcast or no, we were talking about it during the podcast actually about like how Horikoshi, the creator of My Hero Academia, you know, it feels like this show to him is like an OC machine, right? Is that he's like, he just sees things on his desk and then creates a new OC based off of like yep. whatever, right? And to be honest, it feels almost like a crime not to have a tournament arc or these major arcs where like, you know, different characters get to shine because yeah, when I see a guy in the back that like is, or when I see a character in my hero, that's a giant dragon lady. Yeah. I want to see her fight. I want to see her <laughs> do something right. Not, and not always has to be like fighting or conflict. Like I want to see what they can do. Right. And like, same with like uh, the three seniors that were introduced, I think at the end of season two or whatever, and, you know, like I was Mirio, Sun Eater, and um, I forget the the wind power girl's name or whatever. Uh, we're so bad at knowing it too. She just hasn't got a spotlight yet really. So that's yeah. our excuse. But she's, not she's it. hella rad. I, I, she looks like mint green gum or whatever. She's super cool. <laughs> um, and she's on the team with like Ryuma, Ryuma and, um, and Froppy and Uraraka or whatever. I just can't think of her yes. name right now. But anyway, like, it, it feels like a crime to have Horikoshi design these cool characters, right? Like, you know, we have Mirio looking like a Tintin character in an anime. Like, what is he up to? We have, like, Dollar Store Sasuke to the right of him with Sun Eater. And then we have, like, the minty green-haired girl who's, like, the popular girl. Like, I want to see these characters, like, interact with the world around them. You know, and especially in a shonen superhero anime, the, the, the fastest way you do that is a tournament, right? And that's that was, I know, earlier in the season with, like, all, only the the class one a and b or whatever but like yeah you know that's essentially what every arc is designed to do right and that's why arcs are designed to become bigger and bigger as the show goes on right you have like the initial arc um in my hero where it's it's the the entrance exam arc you have just one a right then you have the turn or the tournament arc where it's the school festival arc whatever we'll call it um that's one a and one b or whatever and then you have the two classes kind of clashing together then you have the arc after that where the the conflict rises and rises and rises so that you can allow the pool of characters interacting with the world around them to be larger and larger and larger because that's kind of what shonen are based upon you design cool characters make the conflict increase so that they can interact with the world in different ways that's just kind of like the language that shonen uses to design its story yeah and i'm and i'm sorry i'm totally backtracking on something i've just been hung up with you think of sun eater slash amajiki as a ripoff sasuke and not todoroki or bakugo oh well i was saying just like in my head the the trio okay. you have like the you have the blonde uh kind of stupid uh super happy in in uh japanese it's called like, powerful, a genki yeah. boy yeah like uh, a genki boy genki means like happy energetic super uh like popular sort of person you have that as like the main standout character then you have like the anti-social sort of black haired like he wants to be away from everybody kind of character again i use naruto as the um 
as the language by which I understand other anime, right? Yes. Uh, so when I say Sasuke, there's a hundred Sasuke's in this show. I just think in that trio. <laughs> That's right? what I was trying to say. I'm like, yeah. out of everyone I would have picked in this show, that was not the one I was thinking. But bringing it up, that does make me go back and kind of see like, oh, that is the trio of the show. Is that there's all of Class 1A and there's Deku and there's a couple of the main characters around Deku. Mm. But it feels like it's either just Deku and maybe Uraka or Ida or Todoroki. Mm. It's just always one or two pairs of small pairs or it's the whole class. First, then you have the big three and that's very comparable to Squad I mean, Team 7. And yeah. I never thought of it that way. And um, I, that was the one thing I was going to ask about. I'm like, yeah, like a lot of shows, I mean, Demon Slayer... Um, Bleach, I, I guess. I think One Piece has. I don't know how big the crew is in One Piece. Oh, One Piece, the crew is big. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, because I'm like, I feel like a lot of the shonen's like, there's the three to four character cast. Yeah. And then My Hero kind of broke that mold in a way that hmm. they have certain teams go off and do things together, but it's mainly the whole class or just Deku. But then I kind of counteract my own point with, they have the big three right there. It's literally in the name. Yeah. I mean, the... the so that trope again we're re going back to tropes right that is a trope or theme but we can call it themes too tropes is just the word i have in my head for good or bad so when i say a yeah. trope i don't mean a bad thing for that's sure. just me kind of being anime dumb yeah for sure no you're good dude you're good again I, the thing that i like about a plus anime and like the the way that i talk about things is that i never say anything as a way to like say that your way of saying it is wrong right trope yeah. it's like all about learning and understanding each other and how we absorb media right so uh, when you say trope i know what you mean and then i'm going to use that word as well to kind of communicate okay. the same idea back right i just want to make sure too because like as, as you, you're you're teaching me here it's like it's i'm i'm the homeroom teacher but i'm being taught <laughs> by this by the student or the special teacher coming in here so i'm just kind of correcting myself more than i know you're not meaning it maliciously or anything I, I got you man that's 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 the beauty of um i mean look to to zero in on like my main idea when it comes to anime in general, right? Is that anime for the most part is not produced in the U S right? So a lot of tropes and a lot of things that happen in anime, we need to recontextualize how we talk about them and think about them because they're not from our culture. Right? So I, even me as someone who lived in Japan, who studies Japanese, who is married to someone who is Japanese, who has Japanese family, right? I'm still learning something new every single day. And yeah. that's kind of the, the conceit of a plus anime is that, Hey, I'm not smarter than you you have your own things that you can teach me about anime and vice versa, right? So that's that's the beauty of it. I think that's the beauty of the, the genre in general, right? Like, you can't say that with a bunch of different genres of media, right? Like, okay, I watch a bunch of French films, right? That is a foreign media, but it's somewhat similar to, you know, US culture in a lot of ways. Japan and the US could not be more different, right? And that's where you have to kind of put your head at, is that everything that I'm watching and looking at is different than all the other types of media that I'm absorbing in my home country. Um, so that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, but the trope of the big three, right? So uh, the big three, um, having the like Genki, sunny character, you know, the more introverted character, and then, you know, the the more like nurturing, warmer character on the left, right? We have that in Naruto, like we said earlier, we have the Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura trio. We have that in, you know, to a certain extent, we had that in One Piece with Luffy, the, the three main crew, which was Luffy, Zoro, and Nami. You know, we have yep. the like the super happy Genki main character. We have the kind of um, antisocial, kind of separate warrior character, and then we have like the female, more nurturing character in Nami. Right? It 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 happens often in media from Japan, right? Um, and it's kind of true. Also, if you look at other media as well, like YA, like or young adult media it's it's very common right even in harry potter right we, harry potter's in the news a lot oh, recently yeah. 
Uh, but we have, you know, Harry, the main character, the chosen one, pretty happy. We have Ron, the antisocial kind of out there character that needs to grow a lot. And then we have Hermione, this nurturing female character, you know, very intelligent and, and very headstrong in her own way, but still does have a different voice than the two male characters, right? I think it seems to be a common trope amongst YA entertainment. No, yeah, that's a really good, but yeah. And unfortunately, Harry Potter's in the news again. I wish it wasn't, but that's a whole different topic. <laughs> a whole different but. thing, exactly. I mean, if you want to kind of talk about, you know, anime and in conjunction with the Harry Potter stuff, is that like, you know, as much as, and, and I say this a lot on A Plus Anime, is that, you know, Japan, for all of its beauty and awesome things that happen uh, and all the, um, the pluses of living there and absorbing media from there, right? It is not without its flaw, uh, with its flaws or faults, right? You know, Naruto, and we talk about this on the four hour Naruto thing, is that, you know, Naruto, it's great. I love it. There's so many good things to take away from it, but it treats its female characters like dog shit, right? Like just straight yeah. up, like regardless of when it was made, like it, it's bad, right? And if we use that as the demarcator for treating your characters good or bad, One Piece started before Naruto and has treated its female characters better. Right. So there's no excuse, really. Um, so that's one thing is like making female characters in anime feel like objects and not real people. That's number one. You know, number two, you know, we look at um, Attack on Titan. Right. That whole like the history associated with that anime and manga, you know, it's create the its creator and, and their opinions on that sort of stuff. Awful stuff associated with that. Right. So that's another kind of aspect that I always try and tell people that are getting into anime is that, Hey, this isn't like a perfect turn off your brain medium. Like it's, it's just like anything else is that you need to be aware you need to understand when things are bad. Right. Because that's how you become, in my opinion, a, like a real fan of something is that you acknowledge that. Yeah, this is, this is, this is dog ass. This sucks. Right. It could be better. And then eventually you'll find a series, hopefully that, you know, corrects that bad behavior. Right. And that's yeah. kind of where we're at now is that there's more anime now that is course correcting a lot of these shitty things that have been happening to female protagonists and, you know, story arcs in general. So, no, I, I think that's actually a really good point. And anything that I found with anime, especially starting to move into manga, is it's, yeah, for me, I've never thought of it as like a turn my brain off because I've always watched subtitles and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you automatically have to have your brain working. But I feel like more than a lot of American shows, I feel like there's so many more life lessons or just overall themes mm -hmm. that they try to portray in anime and manga so much more than even i mean there's some in harry potter and the and just general u.s culture but i feel like every single episode is or chapter if you want to look at it that way is mm. trying to teach you something or change how you look at something so for me i've never thought it was a brain off but i also it has made me more aware to how women characters are treated in fire force is just a horrible example oh, yeah. of it oh, being treated oh, there boy. <laughs> and that's all things that like even just because I'm thinking critically about the life lessons in the anime, that is also has me thinking about just kind of more general things. That's something I've really loved about anime and a reason why I don't understand why more people don't like it. Like there's something yeah. for everyone to take away from anime. You can, anyone can find a topic they're interested in, um, whether it's sports anime, rather, I mean, there's ones about school going back and living through that or having a better yeah. experience through that. Like, it is definitely something, it's a platform for everyone, and A-plus anime does a great job of that. I've tried doing a good job of that when oh. talking to other friends that don't yeah. watch anime. That, like, there are a lot of really bad, like, there are actual tropes. There's actually bad anime tropes out yeah. there that, yeah. like, I understand why it turns it off or why Food Wars may not be for everyone. I mean, but 
I mean, at the same token, though, Food Wars got me into cooking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it did for me, too. I've watched every episode. It's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. But I still feel embarrassed to watch it out in public if I'm working oh, out yeah. or something like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, I'll tell someone that I'm close with to watch it if you're at all interested in cooking. Because it's a show, like we talked about in the pre-show, if it's something where there are characters or someone even in real life is talking or doing something they're passionate about, I'm hooked. Food yeah. Wars, it's all about passion. Um, Haiku's all about passion. Yeah. Even my hero, he's passionate about being a hero. Yeah. So that's why I fall in love with these shows and anime so much is everything's about passion in anime. Yeah, I, and I totally agree. And that's the thing is that I, it's... The other reason why I wanted to create A-plus anime is that, like, again, teaching people that it's not just, like, you know, throwing a Pokeball or whatever or, you know, a bunch of fan service when you see, you know, the female characters in a bunch of these anime, especially growing up as well. Like, I wanted to show people that there are things that are teachable, right? They're, like you said before yeah. about, like, passion, like, giving people hope and understanding that, you know, things are not always going to be the status quo, right? A lot of the times in my, like, all my favorite anime, essentially, is destroying the status quo right one piece it's oh my <laughs> the way that i describe one piece to people is like hey imagine you started watching a really fun cool show and then like 20 episodes in they looked right at the camera and be like the government is lying to you it's time to be to like dis <laughs> dismantle the, the powers that be and then they hand you an anarchist cookbook through the tv that's pretty much what one piece is in a lot of ways right and like you know talk it talks about racism it talks about classism it talks about like the horrors of war right like for all of its childishness and all of its like goofiness and tropes, like we said earlier, uh, both positive and negative, right? Anime really is like the voice of, of change in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up falling in love with it as a kid is that, you know, it wasn't uh, like, for example, for me growing up, my favorite anime and almost to this day, it will always be Digimon, right? And the yep. reason why it's my favorite is because, yeah, it's a little corny. Yeah, it's very like, it's for kids or whatever. But the lesson that it's teaching in the show at its its core conceit right every person on that show the main characters has a certain uh like emotional trait that uh, that they associate themselves with right there's courage there's responsibility there's love there's hope there's you know all these different things and the show really does a great job of understanding or of imparting this lesson onto kids at a young age that you know we're all different we all need each other to grow we all need each other to you know work together to solve our goals right the kid that you think is annoying, like Joe, for example, who was my favorite character growing up, his uh, trait was responsibility, right? And as a kid, I was like eight years old when I was watching the show, you see responsibility and you're like, what? That's lame. Like courage is way cooler or hope is way cooler, you know, like, or uh, bravery or, you know, all these other abstract concepts that kids are trying to learn at a young age, right? But then you get to an episode where Joe, like, I think it's this, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the episode where um, his Digimon digivolves into its ultimate form is he takes responsibility for something and sacrifices himself to save someone else. And in that moment, you know, there's a big, crazy, like, Godzilla power-up moment where Gomamon transforms into, uh, I think it's like Poseidon or something like that. Something, like, yeah. it's, it's this giant, it's like Zeus Monax or something like that. Um, and, you know, as corny as that sounds, right, it teaches you, it's like an empathy machine, right? It teaches you, oh, wow, like, you know, taking responsibility for someone and caring for someone like that is how this character grew and they were re they were rewarded for it right and you know that's why i think so many people resonate with anime is that they kind of hit you on the head with these lessons you know of how the world should be right okay naruto is this lonely kid on a swing his whole life but no matter what even though he hates the people that kind of excommunicated him he trains his whole life to protect them right <clears throat> and that's 
a beautiful lesson. And I think that's kind of the best parts of anime is that it really tries to impart these beautiful life lessons on you, you know? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And that, that did give me some Digimon flashbacks. I kind of forgot how much of I, I watched growing up and how much that kind of hits home. And yeah, it's when I first got into anime, I definitely thought I was kind of a closet nerd growing up because I didn't, I was always afraid of how people saw it. But anime was the thing that kind of opened me up to the whole concept is that there's something for everyone to learn and kind of going back to what I was saying before and what he went on there is that there's so many life lessons and just general themes in these shows that it's not something you should be embarrassed of or hide from or it's something you should share with other people because I mean I've really fallen in love with Slice of Life anime I started in all the shonens but Slice of Life anime has become probably my favorite um, category of anime and it's just because of the life lessons that you have in there or the emotion you can relate there that you just maybe you can't talk with anyone in your life because they haven't experienced that emotion so you can watch it in a show um like you're lying you're um you're lying april is one of my mm, favorite shows of all time that's a good one and just you can't experience that with other people sometimes we don't know how so encouraging people that you can relate and share emotions with anime you can learn the lessons about respect and all that kind of stuff and responsibility and yeah I, I just kind of agree with everything you said. I don't have too much more to add there. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Anime, anime is awesome. <laughs> anime is great, yeah. And I guess the uh, yeah. last lesson I'll impart, or like the last thing I'll say is that I've been watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and we were talking about this before the show started, about like, you know, storytelling and, you know, writing and movies and stuff like that. And, you know, the number one thing that I've kind of taken from those YouTube videos is that, again, all media, movies, TV, books, whatever, they're all just empathy machines. They're a device to allow us to empathize with someone other than ourselves, right? And see some of ourselves in other people, right? Growing up, the two biggest anime that resonated with me are like pieces of media, like Japanese media, manga, and anime. One was Naruto, and one, like I said earlier, was Digimon, right? Because yep. I was able to empathize with these characters that weren't me, like, you know, the Sasuke's, like the Sakura's, or like, you know, the, the Tai or the Matt characters from Digimon. Um, when in reality, I saw a lot of myself in the Naruto characters and the Joe characters, right? These kids that were kind of outcasted, you know, kind of like worry warts and kind of like, you know, older than everybody else, wanted to take care of people, but, you know, was kind of seen as like this nerdy dude or whatever. Um, but these shows taught me growing up, I think one of my greatest assets as a human being, and that's empathy, right? Like I see, I'm able to see other people's struggle. I'm, I'm able to see other people's, you know, difficulties in life and almost immediately be like, yeah, no, I... I'm not, I'm not going through that, but I understand what you're going through and I empathize with that and I want to be there for you, right? And that's like a through line through like 90% of anime, right? Yeah. And like, it's the it's the bullshit lame stuff that that um people, or it's lame that people take those lessons, right? And then boil it down to like, oh man, all anime is is friendship is our power, right? No, bro, it's <laughs> way deeper than that. It's way more uh, nuanced than that. And it's, it's more, you know, it's more essential than that right and you know at the end of the day if it is friendship is power then even still that derivative lesson is 10 times more important than anything i learned from like i don't know watching cops or something or like watching yeah. like stupid reality tv shows you know what i mean um so at the end of the day any piece of media from any country or anything like that it all boils down to what you take from it right and what it's trying to teach you so i think that that's why i love anime so much like you said is that from the get-go anime has always been about you know, doing your best to empathize with other people and standing up for what's right, you know, and that's just why I love it so much. No, yeah. 
That's great. I really think that's kind of a great place to kind of wrap up the episode. We have 45 minutes. We'd like to try to keep it 45 minutes to an hour. So again, thank you so much. And not only kind of bring your wisdom onto me, but to anyone <laughs> listening out. I mean, it's been great kind of listening to you. I'm just kind of been sitting back and listening to you talk and learning so much. And it's been great. But if anyone wants to hear you talk like this and give these great life lessons or just anime talks, again, just remind them where they can find you. Oh, of course. Um, well, before you, I even say that, I want to say thank you so oh. much for having me on, man. This is awesome. Like, it's it takes a lot of the stress and pressure off to talk about something that I love when it's not my show, right? Yeah, so, I could definitely relate. I was yeah. freaking out before you came on because I'm like, crap, I know he's really an anime. I need to be super prepared. But <laughs> once we got in, super easy to talk to. And yeah, it's just two guys that like talking about anime. And that two, makes it, this whole thing fun and really easy. Just two dudes being guys, two guys being dudes, yep. you know? Um, but no, yeah, I just, just thanks, man. Like it's always, it's a breath of fresh air to come onto a show that I don't need to worry about cutting together editing or whatever so i appreciate you taking the time and talking with me man um oh, yeah thank you so much for coming. yeah so if uh, people where people can find me you can find me uh like my individual words uh just separate from everything else twitter.com slash ian why not you can the same on twitch if you're into like watching people play video games is where i stream video games i'm <clears throat> still working on the schedule i think i'm trying to do tuesday tuesday thursday saturday sunday we'll see um if you want to see anime specific stuff um we have the a plus anime podcast has its own twitter account that is twitter.com slash a-p-l-u-s-a-n-i-m-e that's where you can find us we post the uh the podcast there we post like you know various like i i follow a bunch of like art accounts that are anime related and i usually post like either stills or or gifs or production you know stuff behind the scenes uh so check that out if you're into that um if you want to follow video game stuff you can do uh twitter.com slash okbeastnow um and then yeah, the A plus anime is on podcast services everywhere. Um, OK Beast now is or the OK Beast podcast is on podcast services everywhere. Uh, but I do want to do a public service announcement for A plus anime. I don't talk this intelligently on my own podcast. <laughs> I am very much a big moron on mine. I only am smart on other people's podcasts. That's kind of the caveat. Well, I guess I'm lucky then to have you come on and talk so smart. But trust me, he's, he's being modest. He's great. He has some really good points. And especially the writer room episodes, really when they just kind of dig into, even the Feast of Feller, they always end up creating their own show, I feel like, by the end of it. They're all great. They're all super entertaining. So, again, one of the few anime podcasts I listen to in all of OK Beast creates great stuff. So I really recommend checking oh, them yeah. out. Thanks, man. Appreciate but, it. Yeah thank, yeah, thank you again for coming on. But, again... For any of the content that we do, of course, you can always check it out at twitter.com at popped underscore off or poppedoff.com. You guys know the drill. Do the five-star review. Share with your friends. We love talking anime. We want more people to talk anime with. So every five-star review, share, anything like that always means the world to us. But that'll be all for this week's episode of Class 1A. And we all hope to see you back here in class next Saturday. Bye-bye.